Welcome to the Scale Up Valley podcast, where we bring the best founders and investors to help you scale our business from 1 million to 1 trillion. Today's guests are uh, uh, two very special one uh, guests. We have two guests today uh, in, instead of one. It's always a, a pleasure to welcome two founders. And their names are Roberto Viena and Mariano Garcia Valino, the founders of Axenia. Mariano and Roberto, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mike, for having us here. It's a pleasure. It's really a pleasure. So, and uh, let's get to know more about you and uh, how, how, how has been your career and your journey before starting up uh, Axenia. Mariano, would sure. you like to, to go first? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So um, I'm an engineer by training, uh, and I actually was a developer for about five years uh, after after college. Uh, but after that, this you know um, this was a long time ago, and, and being a developer was not as sexy as it is today. <laughs> and I received a an, a, a proposal for from a pharmaceutical company at the time to run their business development. Uh, unit in, in Argentina, which I took. And so that kind of marked my, my career ever since. So I was like in the middle of technology and uh, finance and healthcare for, for the most part. And I think I, I can divide my career kind of in three phases. Like my first phase was with big um, pharmaceutical companies. I worked for Lilly in Argentina worked for Pfizer in, uh, in, in New York and, and, and in Brazil, did a little bit of consulting and uh, at McKinsey in Madrid and Boston before that. But other than that, it was about 10 years where I worked for, for big multinational companies. From there, I actually started another 10 years where I built uh, two deals. I, I want to say a big deal and, and one company uh, with, with mm -hmm. private equity. The first one with Warwick Pinkers, we actually bought and sold Bausch & Lomb, which was a, a very large company at the time, a deal that was bought by $4.5 billion. We sold it for $9 billion three years later. Wow. And then after that, I worked uh, with backing from Advent and SX Woodlands in building a biotech company for Latin America. We bought a few companies in Colombia, Brazil, Argentina, and uh, filled them up with the licenses from by global biotech companies. And eventually we got to $350 million in revenue and IPO that in Bovespa in 2017. And that kind of wraps up my, my, my second phase. I think my third phase started in, in 2018 and uh, I started working in much smaller companies, uh, most of them in the, in the health tech space. Some of them at the beginning as, as an investor, but eventually uh, I found an idea actually leading with which became Axenia and uh, founded that company in uh, 2019. Uh, we evolved for a while, had a first product. And when we were struggling with how to bring that product to market is when I met uh, Beto. And Beto's gonna tell you about his own story, but he's a very, interesting and very exciting story as well, building another company, which we joined into what we now call Axenia, but it's, it's really the merge of, of the two companies. Um, so I'll, I'll stop here, then we can maybe tell you more about Axenia, but I think it's, it's good time for Beto to tell you how he came 
and, and how exactly. we manage the companies. But by the way, uh, amazing journey uh, and story. Congrats, Mariano. Uh, I'm sure that uh, the community will learn a lot from, from your experience and, and great to see the anger. So you keep going from decade to the decade with a new mission and uh, always uh, having in mind. I tried, I, I, tried I, will, I always joke with this, but I, but I, I tried retiring twice and it didn't work. <laughs> I only lasted a couple of months. So I'm not going to retire again. It's, it's not fun. Great. That, that is great for, for all of us to, to have you around uh, and to see your impact. And, and Roberto, so how, how you came into the picture, uh, how has been your journey until you, you guys uh, met each other? Yes, just uh, uh, Mariano is, is like uh, the energy of a younger and the experience of a very successful executive. This is how I describe him. <laughs> so thank I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> so thank you very much for the opportunity, Mike. Well, I, I'm also a, an engineer, uh, but I never practiced that. Uh, I had a, a 20 years career in, the, in a financial market. I started in 1999 as an intern at Santander Bank. And in the internship program, I had the opportunity to experience different areas. And I really fall in love with the treasury. And you know the desks, the fax desk mainly. Uh, so <laughs> I saw the energy on, on, on that kind of job, and I, I really, I really like that. It's, it's really represented a little bit of what, what I am. So I started to develop my career there. And 2006, I was invited to join Citibank, where I stayed for about 13 to 14 years. Uh, I also worked uh, on Treasury during all this time, but I had the opportunity to experience uh, different uh, jobs inside of the treasury. I worked at, at the private bank. I also work at the FX, FS desk, mainly covering uh, the multinational corporates that were here based in Brazil, but had relationship with city worldwide. Uh, and also uh, we started a, a new trading desk that called uh, the Structure uh, Corporate Desk, where we were able to design financial structures for big corporate, large corporates mm -hmm. here in Brazil and multinationals as well. And you know, Mike, uh, City was a, a, a great school to me. I had the opportunity to travel the world uh, representing uh, Brazil markets team uh, in different countries, different cultures. I had a, the experience to work a little bit in New York as well. So for me, it was a great school and I learned a lot. But uh, around 2008 and 2009, I was still at City in a very good moment of my career, uh, by the way. But uh, I founded Healthco with a couple of friends, which were a completely different story. It was a consulting firm on the health market, uh, mm -hmm. nothing to, to do with, with the financial market. And we started that with... Uh, right. uh, uh, and I, about 2016, 2017... I, I had to, to did a hard stop on my career and I decided to, to do a, an emerge in, in our business. And then we started to develop health from now on. Uh, I am uh, now full dedicated on that. And on 2020, in the, in the end of 2021, I had the pleasure to meet Mariano. Uh, it was a very, you know, day-by-day uh, -day, uh, conversation we started to do some kind of business together because Axenia really had at that time a solution that was very interesting for Healthco and the way that we were managing health risks 
for our companies. But you know, in a in a one coffee, I guess Mariano can tell more details about that. But we found we found out that we had a a very strong synergy, uh, not only in our business but uh, in, in in how we we were seeing the health market at that time. And in just about a couple of coffees and three four months, we did we did this joint with Axenia. And we are extremely uh, excited and happy with that because I, get that to, I guess that together right now we have an incredible solution and we are doing much difference for the corporates we are taking care of as of now. And it's incredible. Uh, again, congrats. Uh, amazing career as well, Roberto. And it's incredible the, the way you guys are able to, to have the experience of working across all Latin American uh, regions. Uh, Mariano, I... I assume you came from uh, Argentina, uh, Roberto. Long time ago, yes, but I, I left Argentina in '99. But I'm originally from there, yes. Okay, so you, you are more Brazilian today than uh, than Argentinian. Well, <laughs> absolutely more Brazilian than Argentinian, but I, I sort of I divide my time between Uruguay and Brazil, so I got it. Half Argentinian, and and also with your experience in 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 the US. And in your case, Mariano, I, I, I think that I heard Madrid as well. So also... Uh, yeah, 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 I worked for McKinsey in Madrid for a while. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so also an European uh, or Iberian uh, footprint, uh, which sounds uh, amazing. So let, let's get to know more about the story of Axenia and how those coffees and those free months together uh, end up uh, to, 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 to be the, the reason or the why or the, the, the seed to uh, yeah. start Axinian. So I can start and then Roberto can, can fill the details. Uh, I think that when you look at, at healthcare, we, we, we like to say that, you know, about 10 years ago, Mark Andreessen wrote that famous uh, quote, that his, his kind of a mantra now, it's like, you know, software is eating the world. <laughs> and, and in that memo, uh, he, he starts giving examples of, you know, industry after industry being, being eaten by people like Google or Amazon or whatever. And uh, about six paragraphs below, he has a quote, I, I, I can't cite it by heart, which says something, uh, something like, you know, I believe that healthcare is next up for fundamental software transformation. And, uh, 10 years later, I believe that phrase is not as famous simply because healthcare is still resisting, right? So what we, we, we felt is, you know, there is, a, there is a very big problem here. So if, if you look at the amount of money that is being spent in healthcare in Latin America, it's about $400 billion a year. Well, if you look at, you know, the normal, inefficiencies of the market, it is widely be believed that you can save around half of that. So you have a $200 billion opportunity. And that is using the medical technology that we have today. So it's not mm -hmm. you know, by inventing new medications or, and, or, or putting more doctors. So basically by, uh, by using the technology we have today, we could save about half of that. You can imagine the impact of that in a region that where, like in Brazil, maybe a third of Brazilians have never gone to a doctor, right? We don't have access to, to professional um, medical yep. attendants. So it could be huge, uh, either in terms of, if you measure that in terms of 
savings, which is probably how the financial people would think, or you measure in terms of you know how much people I can help, the way we like to think. But in so so the quite big question here is if you have a 200 billion problem and you have the technology to solve it, why haven't you solved it, right? Right. And I think we think the answer is 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 a little bit of that has to do with so, with what software does right. So in, in, on the one hand, healthcare has the same issues that other industries have. So there have fragmentation of information and you have a huge amount of data that you have to uh, um, process to, 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 to do that. You have a lot of waste. So many things that we know software, software is good at doing. But then healthcare have three or four things which are quite different from the others. The first one is that because it's a very regulated industry, the systems are different in every single country. So for tech, which is an industry that is used to, you know, we invent a thing in California and we ship it around right. the world and it will work. It right. just doesn't, right? Not even for, for pharmaceuticals. The advisor used to say, we don't really have a multinational company. What we have is, 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 is a collection of countries that leverage right. one asset which is a drug, but they leverage it differently because in each market you have to you have to go through regulation, which is different, and you have to mm -hmm. align people in, in different ways. I think the, the, the second thing that is, that is different is that data is not readily available because of mm -hmm. privacy things, and, and those things are slightly different in different parts. The, the data is fragmented in three or four different places, and right. sometimes, you just cannot have access to that. So let's say you're an employer and you want to have access to the, uh, for a good reason, right? You want to have access right. to the clinical data of your employees. You cannot because that's forbidden, at least under Brazilian law, right? So many things like that, it's very difficult to actually collect all the data you need because it resides in different systems where you don't have access to. And I think the, the, the third thing is that in order to do something in a health tech, you don't have one decision maker. You have to align patient, doctor, and payer. So when you think about it, the patient actually takes the pill, but the doctor decides which pill he takes, and neither of them are paying. This is third party and a health plan paying. So in order to do something, you have to align the three. And more often than not, that, that brings a lot of you know, uh, conflicts of interest. So right. what, what we think is that, and, and we started at this, at Axenia believing, you know, we need a product that will solve this. And uh, pretty soon we realized that in order to solve this, you need, you need a different product. So a new product or a moonshot you know, product. Yeah. You think that's the traditional way you innovate in, in tech. But here you also need a different strategy. You need to have uh, a vehicle that can place itself strategically in a part of the uh, value chain where it can have both access to the right information and it would have the right incentives to do that. And so that's that's when we that's when we you know when we were starting to understand that. That's where we met uh, Beto, who was attacking the problem from exactly the opposite side. So he was saying, you know, we need, we have, we need to build a, a, a vehicle which is different from anything that is out there. So it's a new category that would basically work with the companies to manage their health plans for their benefits. Mm -hmm. So, and, and you can, so when, when we when we look at the two together, we said. We said, click, this is the way to go, right? We have 
we have the product moonshot and we have the strategy moonshot and if we put them together, we believe we are building a new category, which we call something like the intelligent health ecosystem, right? So I said, it's, it's on, on the one side, we have a health plan and we, yep. actually, we actually help companies choose the right health plan and manage that right health plan. With that, we have a lot of data because, because all the usage data of the, of, of the network actually comes to us through that. Then we actually give the patients uh, tools, tools to understand uh, you know, how their, how their, 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 their health is, is, is working. And we also get data from that. And then we also get data from the population and how the population is working as a whole. So by combining the three, uh, the three areas of data, we can actually get a much better vision of what the, um, what the, the, the that special population is doing. And, and you know, then the rest is, is quite simple. You take care of the patients better, then mm -hmm. their clinicals improve and therefore you spend less because you know, it, right. it's no, no news that if you are healthy, you spend less than if you're not. You're, so we keep people healthy instead of treating their diseases. And I think that's, that's, that's a big, the big uh, definition in, 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 in paradigm that, that we're doing. So I think that, you know, it, we just clicked. I think we clicked as people. And as Roberto says, we actually, you know, this is, you're not going to believe this, but we actually put together this deal on about one hour over a cup of coffee. And that was it. We said, we, we even got at that point to, you know, prize and shares and everything was, was decided in that hour because it was so clear that the synergies were there. And we never, ever, Discuss them again, right? They went from there to the contract, <laughs> and it's, it's it's really really amazing amazing journey. And uh, I think we, we 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 all of us we clicked as a management team, and, and and we like each other, and so it's kind of a miracle, I I guess in in, in some ways it's, it's going to be very difficult to find two companies that click so much. I mean, mm -hmm. so I think that that's kind of the story, and that's why we are together. I think that together we can actually have a vehicle that can change healthcare. And that's why we, we say we are reimagining healthcare, but we're truly reimagining it that. So when you think about, you know, other players that can try to do the same thing, we we have a nice slide which we're not gonna show today, but it shows you, you know, where are the, the problems with each of the current players and where what is the point where they can actually cannot have the data, so they can't do the job or they cannot, or they don't want to do it because their business model is completely opposite to that. So it's a summa hospital, they make money out of treating sick people. So why would they want to keep them out of a hospital? Right. And somehow, because of course, you know, they care about people, so they would do it, but the business model is completely, completely opposite. So those people probably can, but let's say, I'm not saying do not care because it's a little bit rude, but uh, <laughs> but then, and then you have opposite 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 versions of that, right? So uh, you, you you care like 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 your employer cares that you actually are more healthy because he spends less money on your health plan if he does that, but he cannot because he doesn't have access to data, he doesn't have the technology, it's not what he does every day. So at the end of the day, the Axenia is the only player here that can. And cares, and uh, that's what we feel uh, is it, so different. Now I'll stop here because I think Roberto can tell you mm -hmm. a little bit more about you know real results. This is this sounds very theoretical, but when you go to the practice, we are actually saving a lot of money for our clients, and we have been doing it for a while. Awesome. 
Roberto, would you like to go yes, deeper into yes. how the model works? Yeah. No, just coming back a little bit on that coffee part, you know, Mike, uh, our, yeah. I remember that at that day, our homework was to, you know, come back home and trying to figure out what were we missing because it couldn't be that easy. Uh, so it was it's incredibly, you know, it wasn't a tough decision for us. And uh, I'm going to tell you that. And, and for you to understand, I have to explain a little bit, coming backwards a little bit. But, you know, Health Cool were a, were a very emblematic company for us. We did it from scratch, literally. We didn't uh, had uh, never any investment or any loans or any credit. We make the company for less than $5,000, you know, mm -hmm. back in 2008. And at that time, we really understood that marketing, market, health market in Brazil was about to collapse. Uh, companies mm -hmm. were facing a huge health risks. In the same way, they have effects risks, they have commodity risks, fiscal risks. They were running a health risk they couldn't understand exactly. They were complaining that costs of healthcare were you know, uh, uh, growing, you know, faster than any other lines of costs, but they didn't realize exactly what was going on. And, and, and it's, it's more about what Mariano said. We, we, we born this company, you know, to be a data-driven company. Mm -hmm. Since the beginning, we were, uh, we have been very analytical. Uh, we've been, you know, working based on pure data and we were trying to understand and also to explain the companies there were health, health risks they were, they were facing. It's not only about, you know, costs of health increasing, but the people were getting sick and they, they were impacting aggressively mm -hmm. the productivity of each company. Right. And once you are, you know, in, impacting productivity, you are impacting revenues and you have, you know, like mm -hmm. a silent line debt that's not a line of costs but they are diminishing the revenues of companies and companies couldn't understand how and where right so we show this to companies uh, on the on the health business and uh, we were almost manually doing you know all the job to understand data understand the cycles understand these risks and trying to influence the company so we, we were we are trying to show the customers the risks there they were facing so we were based on trying to uh, make uh, companies and employees to understand that uh, they should use the healthcare plan as a true healthcare plan, you know, in order to, to treat the health as a prevention mode right. and not only to treat the disease. And through uh, the, the deep understanding of data and to change the mindset of companies, we were influencing them uh, to, uh, to manage healthcare in a different way. And we were able to see very strong results, especially on costs, but also on an organization environment. So we, we have been doing that uh, uh, through health course since the last couple of years. So when we met Axenia and the moonshot solution that Mariano described, it, was made, it made all of sense to us because they had the technology and the product know-how that would perfectly fit in everything that we were in practice doing. So it was as simple to click as Mariano described because we had the, the, we had the lives, we had the corporates and the clients, we knew what we were doing. We had track record on doing that, but not with that much technology and that much a, a deep a, a solution that Mariano and Axenia came up with. 
So for us, using that technology to scale what we were doing, you know, made all of sense. And that's why we are here. Sounds amazing. And what is kind of the vision for the future or how, in other words, how the business model works? So who pays for the, for the products? So what is, what is the revenue model in, in a certain way? So this is evolving. Uh, today, the way, the way the journey works is we, we go to a client, we analyze their population and uh, based on, on their population and based on their needs or what, what they want, we design which uh, health plan would better serve them. Sometimes it's more than one because you have different areas of the country that are covered differently or, by, or different uh, groups of people within the company that you, they want to cover it with, with different things. So we propose a, a group of, of plans and they say yes, they say no, we go back and forth and eventually we come up to a, to a decision there. Then we go and negotiate the plan in, in their name and, uh, and, and, and we get it. And then and it. after we do that, we clusterize the population. And we first, at, at first you can only do it with the little data you have there, right? Because there's not that much available. We have some, some uh, claims data, we have some demographics and a few things here and there. And a question, questions we can do uh, to the people. But then, then we basically, yeah, then that is when, when kind of the magic starts. We, we actually uh, give a, give every every single person a an application where that monitors them either automatically or by doing relevant questions to them. So we have an artificial engine uh, system that actually asks you questions like, Mike, have you uh, remembered to take your flu shot this year? Yes, no, and it keeps on you know understanding more about you and, and how you think. On the other hand, if you want to plug your, your Apple Watch there, we can know how many, how many times you exercise, what's your, how's your heart yes. feeling and many other things. If you're a diabetic and you want to use a continuous glucose monitor, we connect to that. So our software basically connects with around 600 different biosensors. So you can connect to a lot of data and, and, connect, and connect that and give that, that into the cloud. You can do that, by the way, completely safe and trustworthy because we cannot share that data with your employer. So, uh, and, and that is not even, not even if we want it, it's by law, we are forbidden to do that. Right. So they can, they can trust us. So if you actually drunk 18 beers on a, on a Saturday, you probably wouldn't, would not be on <laughs> It's safe to tell them to. <laughs> so then, then we start monitoring, monitoring the, uh, those people two ways. The one way is like in the short term, if we start suspecting that you may have a condition. So let's say that you are, you take, you're drinking too much water and you're losing weight and you are, have gone to endocrinologists maybe three times in the last six months, the engine will probably suspect that you may be a diabetic. The, the engine will never actually go directly and, and, and tell you that you're a diabetic, but it will flag one of your, our nurses, or one of our doctors, depending on the, on the uh, seriousness of a condition. And they would say, I suspect that this guy may have diabetes because you know, based on the patterns that we've seen in the past, right. this is consistent with something like that. Then, then a, a doctor or a nurse would, would contact you either by chat or by telemedicine and would try to learn more about that. And if, of course, if they, they may think like, you know, it, it may look like you may have trouble with your glucose, why don't you either take a test and measure A1C or 
where a continuous glucose monitors for a few weeks and let's, let's monitor that and see what happens and things of that sort. And then, so we, 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 we tried, we changed the plan that, 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 the, that the patient is, is going through and we monitored for more things in, in, the, in, the, in the type, those types of, of, of patients. Over time, we basically collect, collect data and collect the amount of, of money that you're spending. So over time, we know that if, if our system is working, you should be spending less money because remember we have access to both. Right. The, 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 the financial data and, and that. So right. if we're not, if we're not, then we can they can recluster the patient and put it somewhere else where we would be able to treat him better or or or, or, or differently yep. in a way that would do that. And that's kind of a of a per permanent loop, right? And yep. so the more we learn about the patient, the more we learn about the population, the better we can do that. And by the end of the of the, of the period, which is normally a year, uh, when you have to renew your health plan. The way you actually negotiate with your health plan is, is if you have spent less, then you have a lower, yeah. a lower uh, health, but it's lower price. If you spend more, then you have a higher price. We our, our patients normally spend 20 to 30 percent less of the average of the markets, and therefore we get much better prices for them in the renewals. So just to give you mm -hmm. examples, roughly for the past three years, the the plans have requested adjustments close to 15 to 20 percent the medical inflation in brazil has been between 10 to 12 percent and mm -hmm. our increase for our clients has been between two to five percent so oh, significantly less than the average of the market and that is because our system takes care of them continuously and prevents them from getting you know something more serious of course uh, you know either we can prevent the disease totally in some cases, of course, you cannot prevent the disease totally. Let's say, you, you know, breast cancer, of course, unfortunately, you cannot prevent it, but you can treat it six months before, which is, of course, much better for the patient, but also much cheaper. So by doing things like that, we keep, we keep, uh, we keep the cost of the, of the, of the, of our clients down. And having that data, it allows you to, to be able to negotiate better or to understand what is the best health plan for that space, yeah. for that patient base, right? This is this is more of a of uh, of, of Beto's uh, credit, but over yep. over time, because they have been doing this for a while, and now we can do it with technology much better. We normally, right from the start, we may get a better condition from a plan. And so, I'll give you an example. Three or four weeks ago, we closed uh, a contract for seven thousand lives. A very important uh, client, uh, probably the biggest client. I'm not sure if I can say that, but a biggest client in an important state in uh, in, right. in Brazil for Sul America, and, uh, and actually Sul America gave us a better price than anybody else uh, because they knew that they were, we were taking care of their account. Got it. So, so but but over time, this 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 actually uh, compounds because you know the first year, then you spend less, then you get a lower a lower example. The second year. Now a normal plan would have gotten 10 plus 10. So it has something like 22. And we actually got two plus two. So we are at, at, at about five. So we have saved like 15 points of their on their healthcare bill. The more the more they stay with us, the more they save. So no surprise, our churn rate is, is, is actually very, right. very low. We are, we are below the two percent every year. But the the plan 
still charges the client, right? And you also yeah. charge the client for how much you save you know, for, for yeah. a percentage of so, how much you save to, to so the So this is, this is a little bit of like a client by client. Uh, so sometimes, uh, sometimes we get a commission from the plan, which is not our preferred way because it actually right. uh, it does, it misaligns us with our clients uh, a little bit. So if, if, you, if you're charging a portion of what they spend, then then you have a conflict of interest. We're trying to avoid that. Right. Sometimes, okay. sometimes we have, but that that's the way the market works. So we have yep. to adapt. We we think that that's going to change. Sometimes we 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 get a flat fee and we just say, you know, this is this is what we charge you, and it doesn't matter how much you spend, but we will help you get your your um, your expenses paid uh, lower so that you keep on uh, working it. with us. Sometimes we actually uh, we actually get a. Um, a portion of their savings, so we're even more uh, more aligned with them. The market okay. we believe is going to change as to a result-based compensation, and yep. uh, but but it's not there yet. So part of our model is that we believe that over time we would be able to switch to a more results-based compensation uh, as as we have more data and as we have more uh, more clients and clients yep. become more comfortable with that. I think that that's what makes sense. Where the, market, where the market is going. But you realize that unless you have everything we have put together, which is not normal in the, in the market, you cannot go to a, to a risk-based compensation because you wouldn't have the tools. So if you're, normal, right. if you're a normal uh, insurance broker, you, know, you basically get 5% of whatever they spend. You don't have the tools to actually work, or you're not, you're not aligned to work that way, so you cannot right. go to a to a space compensation, and that's where we think the strategy moonshot is going to start kicking in. But it's it's kind of yeah, your I think secret it... sauce. Yeah. Not that secret now, but I told you. But yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But but how to do it is is the secret yeah. sauce, right? Yeah. So <laughs> in theory, uh, it seems obvious, but then uh, the technology behind it and and the knowledge uh, and aligning everything. So you know, to, to define a new category, you have to have. The right culture you have to have the right product and you have to have exactly. the right the right the right uh, uh market approach so you have to have everything aligned exactly yeah and i think and i think also yeah. mike uh you know to be successful on that journey i think we we must uh, you know have a deep knowledge of everything that's going on in each customer and we know that uh, each customer is one customer they differentiate themselves in strategy in profile in population demography, so we have to, to, to deep understand that. I'm going to give you examples. Uh, Mariano mentioned very well about the, the job and, and everything that we do, you know, for the individual. But for us, it's also important to have a broad picture of everything that is going on in the group. So we have a BI, a system that we, have, we are able to understand deeply everything that is, is, is going on in the usage profile of each company, the healthcare usage profile, so we can come up with you no know, risk clusters and we have our own solutions that we apply in the companies in order to take care of this, this, these clusters as well. So we are one, one side monitoring the individual, but on, on the other hand, we are also at taking care of the group as a whole. Right. And this is something that also differentiates ourselves. So what, what we hear from companies when we start working with them is that, oh my God, after you came up, you know, I know exactly every uh, dollar that I'm spending in healthcare, where, where is it going? So this is important right. for us as well to, to, to have a better understanding of the, of the company itself. Uh, also, as, as Mariano mentioned in the very beginning, market, 
its market is extremely regulated and it's inefficient. So we yeah. see, unfortunately, companies struggling to manage. Market uh, is extremely, extremely regulated here. So it, it's very difficult for the companies to manage that uh, on a day-by-day -day basis. So uh, we saw that through that inefficiency, we saw also companies uh, having a, a tough time, rework, and also a cost spending that is completely avoidable. So we also developed a, a platform, a digital platform that we can bring more efficient efficiency to the companies as well. So they can operate the day-by-day -day side of the, of the healthcare in a better way. So we can get their attention, their full attention to the strategy of managing uh, the health risk itself. So this was something that we also uh, provide to our companies and it's, it's, it's you know, uh, helping a lot. Uh, and, and as a third point, I think it's also important to mention what you said, Mike, a couple of minutes before is uh, once we have a deep understanding of all the data and everything that is going on with the company, we are able to design a better product for each one of them. And we can see once we receive a new client that sometimes the product that they have were designed a couple of years ago, but the companies have been changing from time after time. So they are expanding, they, are, they, they have, have a different demographic population. So this is something that we have always to look at and you have always to refresh. So uh, we understand and we see sometimes that the product that is not well designed for each company is also a source of cost spending because the, the, the employees cannot use it in a, better, in a better form. So when you take all these pieces together, when you have a digital platform that can bring uh, a, a, of operation efficiency, when you have a, a very profound uh, tool that monitor the individual itself, and we, when we also have uh, a BI that can bring us deep information about the company, the group, uh, the clusters of risks, we have all the tools that we need to manage the company in a more efficient way. Yeah, and I think that in a, in a certain way, you are here focusing on serving the patients, serving the, the company that is paying for the health plan, also being able to serve the health plan in a certain way because you are also reducing the risk and being able for them to present a, a better pricing to, to, the, to the, so there are aligned incentives. And I would say that maybe another option for the future is even to make that data available that you are collecting for the doctor to make decisions. So. There is still that angle, maybe in, of yeah. course, it, and it shows the complexity and uh, how beautiful and how challenging it is to, to work on, on healthcare. And again, you need to understand uh, the conditions, the, the patients, the doctors, the health plans, the payers, the regulation, uh, the, the companies, the different profiles of companies, the different patient bases, if they are growing a lot, if they are stable. Uh, if they have older people, uh, more chronic patients, less chronic. So there's a lot of variables to manage, and that's why it's a huge opportunity at the same time, right? Uh, yeah, we, we agree. I think that we're not, we're not there yet. So we have a portion of the data. We have, some, we have, we have financial data, and, and we have uh, like uh, patient-generated data that they generate in their home through... Uh, IoT things and things like that. And we also have some wellness data on how they walk or they exercise and things like that. But I think that the two other big sources of data that we, we are still not tapping to, but that's that's part of our that's part of our 
master plan in the future is we don't have provider data at this point. So we know that the patient went to uh, whatever, psychiatrist. We just don't know what happened. We don't know right. what the medication he received. We don't know what, what, the, uh, what the diagnostic was, unless the patient chooses to, to share it Got with it. us. All that, all that other right. bunch of data, it's there, it's available, it's somewhere. We don't have access to it. So in a, in a full system, we want to be able to, uh, to, to get a partnership to get that. So maybe we can exchange it, as you say. Maybe the doctor wants, uh, wants to see our, 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 the rest of our data, and in exchange, he will give us access to the patient. Right. Remember, this is tricky because neither the doctor nor ourselves own that data. So it's, it's exactly. the patient. So you need to have the patient's permission to do that. So it's a little bit uh, convoluted uh, to, to do that. But yeah. as, assuming that you do not violate anyone's privacy, those, those the, the data is there and it makes sense. It's useful for them to have ours and for us to have theirs. So yeah. that can be done. I think the other source of data that we are still not tapping into and it would be very interesting is, is all the social uh, surroundings of, of, of a patient. So. I, I always like this, this example is from Telefonica and it's, I think it's in Uruguay. So the way, the, the, the way they, the, the people were working on the uh, high tension uh, cables is you, know, you need to be plugged uh, into one of the cables so that you, you don't have the risk to do that. But you know, people get lazy, they don't fly and things like that. So the way they solved it is actually, they had a, an application on their phone, which you know, rang a bell, you had to take a picture of yourself within 10 seconds and they would send the picture to your wife. So if you were not plugged, then your wife would know. And, <laughs> and of course you have to have the permission of the, of the other person to do that. But let's assume yeah. that you have to take your high blood pressure every six hours. And if we detect you didn't do it, of course, with your permission, we tell your, your sister or your daughter, and then your daughter will call you up and will create all, all this, all this social guardian angel uh yeah. so examples like that we still believe that we can tap into that data a little bit like instagram taps into your preferences to understand how to better uh yeah. engage you. we can tap into healthcare preferences of the people to better engage them we don't have that yet but in our in our mind that's where we're going yeah Sounds uh, an amazing uh, vision. Just to kind of wrap up and go to the last segment of the show, where are you in terms of stage of growth? Are you at uh, pre-seed, seed, series A? Uh... Well, we are we're very early in the runway. We uh, we actually have done uh, a lot with, with with significantly less money than than, than usual. So uh, as Beto said on 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 his side, he never raised a single penny and. Uh, on our side, we, we raised a little bit more. We raised something like $5 million, but uh, a lot of that comes from our own money. Uh, yeah. So, But we do have great uh, venture capitalists. We, we have Iga, we have Big Bet, we have an XTP, uh, we have Alexia, and we have Addition. And so we're very, very proud of the, of the houses that are helping us. Um, technically, we have only gone through, uh, through a seed round, and that, that's about it. At this point, and the way we because we, we don't have the traditional path of a of a of a of a, of a um, startup, we're well, not burning that much money. Uh, yeah. We're burning a little, but uh, we generate a significant revenue. At this point, we have fifty thousand lives, uh, so that's fairly big for 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 health tech right. stand. And uh, 
even if we we cannot even if we didn't raise a single penny we would be cash flow positive by q3 next year and we have enough cash to get there so Amazing. it's a little bit different different than, than the rest we still think that we're going to raise money uh, next year assuming that the market comes back to better valuations uh, because we want to accelerate we want to we want to cover right. more uh, not because that you need right well yeah, if we, if we want to go to, to Mexico, let's say, then we need exactly, it. We exactly. accelerate, we need it. It's not indispensable. We would not die if we don't get it. Yep. But we would like to have it, yes. But to accomplish the mission and the vision and to be able to have more impact and, yes. and faster, right? So if you would go break-even by break-even, you need to go much slower. Much course, slower, uh, much slower. Yeah. But it, it feels good that, that you know years in, instead that of 10. If everything... <laughs> if everything if it, this becomes the nuclear winter that it, it was supposed to become at least a few a few weeks ago, uh, this and things have gone a little bit better now. But uh, then then we would be able to survive. So it's it's it, it, it feels good, but but we prefer to to raise more money and go faster. Yeah. So let's go into the into the last segment of the of the show, and because we are almost out of time, and we have we would have much more topics to to cover and of course you are invited for for a round two uh soon but let's let's end with with the the first question of our of our segment so if you'd have the opportunity to have a coffee with yourself at the beginning of axenia what advice would you offer to your uh younger self Roberto, would you like to start this time and then mariano wraps up what advice to enjoy the journey no what advice would you offer to your younger self if you would have a coffee uh, with Marcel in 2019 when you uh, joined Axenia. This is, uh, I, I could stay here for an hour, you know, advising myself. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it was for me to enjoy the journey. The journey is too fast. Things happen uh, very fast. And sometimes you are very worried about the tomorrow and when it's going to happen in the next week and you are not enjoying everything that's going on today. And I think it happens to all entrepreneurs. Uh, but I, I really, I really felt that when I switched my place from a, a big multinational to being an entrepreneur, and you know, my I, day by day is very dynamic. So this yeah. is something that I, I still telling myself every day: enjoy the journey every day, and stop only thinking about tomorrow. Sounds great. And Mariano. I think I would borrow a page from, from Warren Buffett's book. I, I, I think I would tell myself to read more. Uh, you know, and, th and this comes from someone that I've been reading an average of 50 to 60 books a year for the past, I don't wow. know how many years. And well, I still think that I, I, I can do better. Well, Warren is reading like 500 pages a day, so no one can get to that. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that, uh, that you know, I, I think that I don't, I don't yet know enough about all the uh, the, the, the details of, 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 of the, and the complexities that it takes to build something that no one has built before. So you get ideas from everywhere. We have a, we have a book club. Actually, we did the session this this morning. It's every it's every week, every Tuesday at eight a.m. And uh, you know we've changed so many things from things that we learned from from other industries, from other authors, from weird uh, sources. You make a lot of mistakes. Inevitably, about two thirds of the things that you, you you think will work don't work, and so you need to you know be flexible, understand that you don't know much, and uh, that you need to learn a lot. So I think that 
I would I would probably stay more flexible and understand more, read more, and doubt myself more than than what I did. Awesome. Mariana and Roberto, super inspiring to have you uh, on the show, especially uh, for by seeing how much you have accomplished so far and uh, all the ambition keeps being there to impact even more the, the system. Uh, amazing conversation about the challenges and opportunities in the healthcare market. Thanks again for, for joining us today. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much, Mike. It was, it was great for us as well. Thank you very much, Mike, for the opportunity. It was awesome. Uh, our our pleasure and to our community we keep bringing you the best of the best to help you make your life a little bit easier on your way from zero to one one to ten and ten to an hundred see you soon and keep scaling <laughs>